Today on CityCast Boise, this legislative session has been a lot, but at least it's just about done, right? Or is it? Boise State Public Radio's James Dawson is here to check in with us about when we can expect lawmakers to head home, what's holding things up, and which proposals, if any, the governor might veto. It's Wednesday, March 15th. I'm Emma Arnold, and this is what Boise's talking about. Hi, Jimmy. Hey, how's it going, Emma? It's going good. Uh, how's it going for you? <sighs> Tired. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's at that point in session where you just want things to be done, and they're not. <laughs> Yeah, I, that was going to be my first question. Are we getting close to the end of the legislative session? Allegedly. Uh, Allegedly. <laughs> yeah, so like they always put out these dates that they try to meet, uh, these deadlines. And so right now they're shooting for March 24th as their day to adjourn. So we still have some time. There are major pieces of legislation still in the works um, before they can go home that they need to pass. Uh, so it is possible, but... I don't know. Democrats are not super idealistic about that date. Uh, Republicans are. Republican leaders are. Um, so we'll see where we are in another week. Ask me in a week and I'll, I'll have a better answer. I saw somebody I can't remember who. Sorry, but this morning said, oh, I, you know, oh, I saw my shadow might be two more weeks. What's holding things up like big picture? Why are some Republicans maybe saying like it might go a little longer? So they need to pass all of the budget bills. And we're talking dozens and dozens of budget bills. Uh, in fact, as we're speaking, uh, you know, on March 14th, Tuesday, JFAC is still setting budgets at the moment. I believe they're on the last one, which is the K through 12 education budget. But all of those have to obviously pass both chambers um, and make it to the governor's desk. And then also they sort of determine each chamber determines which bills they view as must pass. And then they have negotiations for hours and hours uh, behind closed doors saying, OK, uh, well, you need to pass this bill and then we'll pass this bill. A lot of horse trading going on. So uh, another big piece of it uh, that we do know is the property tax bill that was a big collaboration and uh, negotiated bill uh, that just got introduced last week. Um, so that's still in the early stages, but it's starting to make its way through. Are bills still allowed to be introduced this late? Or are we just sort of seeing like tweaking of different versions of same bills with the with, you know, the language moved around a little? Depends on who you ask. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there, there are committees that allow you to introduce bills right now. Uh, usually they're not brand new ideas. Like you mentioned, there there are like different tweaks um, that are made to bills that kind of run into trouble in committee. Um, but leadership can introduce bills at any time in a special committee uh, in the House side anyway, called House Ways and Means. And they routinely do that. A lot of the time, it's just to put something out there for interest groups or, or people to kind of comment on and they'll come back in a year and, and revisit the issue. Um, but we are still seeing legislation, new legislation being introduced. You mentioned property tax relief, and, it, you know, that's been like the number one thing Idahoans have been wanting. But it kind of took a while for those bills to begin being floated. You mentioned one, but like what bill has made it the furthest and what's left to be done? 
Yeah. So this is a compromise between like three or four lawmakers who introduced uh, these bills, I believe, early February, maybe it was late January. So there have been conversations going on for for a while on these issues. And what they came up with was kind of a combination of all of them. So essentially, the state would sort of redirect uh, sales tax revenue that it collects, um, a certain portion of that, um, that would turn into more than $100 million in, in that respect. And that would go toward paying off uh, some property tax bills, not including school levies, school bonds, things that like, you know, you vote on in your in your local uh, jurisdiction or whatever. And then also another portion of that money would go to pay off existing school bonds, school levies. And there's there's a prioritization chart um, for that. So they're trying to also sort of cover the um extreme backlog of school maintenance funding uh, that we've seen. We we learned about that last year, more than $800 million uh, just to get schools in Idaho up to uh, like an okay standard, basically an acceptable standard. So that's kind of what they have focused on at the, at the moment. And that bill actually cleared a, a House committee and it's waiting um, debate on the House floor right now. Oh, okay. Good to know. Well, one thing we've been following really closely over here is HB 71, the anti-trans bill that would ban medical providers from giving minors gender affirming care. What's the latest on that one? Uh, pretty much the same. So this this passed the House uh, several weeks ago, and it's been waiting in a Senate committee ever since. Last year, a very similar version of that bill was introduced, passed by the House, but then died in a Senate committee, never got a hearing. I don't know if this is going to meet the same fate. I, I talked to Senate Pro Tem Chuck Winder last week about it. He still thinks that there might be some movement on it. Uh, basically, the change from last year to this year is that instead of a possible life sentence for a doctor who um, administers uh, these types of gender affirming care, um, they would get a felony sentence of up to 10 years. So I don't know if that's going to be more acceptable to um, the Senate Judiciary Committee chairman, who's uh, Senator Todd Lakey. Um, I haven't spoken to him yet, but uh, it's, it's still alive, still could be acted on. So it's not a done deal. Not necessarily, no. How about Senator Ali Robbie's proposal that would put a reasonable limit on rental fees uh, that landlords can charge? Yeah. So this one actually has passed both chambers. Um, oh. the, now it's just kind of waiting on whether Governor Brad Little is going to sign it into law or veto it. Um, I know that there was a compromise amendment made in the Senate for that bill, um, but seemingly it's gotten enough support. Um, I don't know how the governor feels about it. He likes to uh, never comment on things until they reach his desk. And technically, it hasn't gotten to his desk yet. They they have to do some like weird, archaic uh, things to shuffle papers around. Uh, it, but it should get there soon. Well, we'll be watching that one. Uh, let's move on to the public drag shows. Uh, that's been under scrutiny by lawmakers and the Idaho Family Policy Center. What is going on with that bill? sort of a similar thing. Pass the House, waiting on a Senate committee hearing. Um, they put that into Senate State Affairs, uh, which is chaired by Senator Jim Guthrie, who's kind of a more moderate, traditional conservative, I would say. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with that. Uh, could get a hearing. I haven't seen it on agendas uh, as of this recording. Um, so it, it's another one of those like wait and see moments. So one proposal targeting libraries was shot down, but then now there's another one. What's the same? What's different? 
Yeah. So uh, fairly the same. I mean, so the the previous proposal was uh, like a parent or a kid could sue the library for $10,000 um, anytime within four years after that library checked them out. Uh, some sort of material, whether it's a book, a magazine, a, a movie that was deemed obscene to minors. Uh, and that definition could be, you know, something like actual pornography, which is not in libraries, or it could be some sort of LGBTQ theme where, you know, as little as two men kissing, because it specifically did not uh, accommodate any sort of homosexuality um, exception in there. It specifically says that, as does this version. So what would be deemed obscene here is sort of the same thing. It's up to the, quote, prevailing standards of the community, um, which is what we saw with, uh, you know, drag shows, wh- whether or not something's acceptable. So, again, it's something in the Boise Public Library is going to be different than if you're in a much more conservative area like Rexburg in eastern Idaho. Um, so that just got introduced this morning, and uh, it still needs a public hearing before it could go to the full house. It seems like a lot of these bills have this, you know, for one, defining obscenity uh, and long sort of honestly, as a comedian, if it wasn't so horrifying, it would be hilarious, like (laughs) descriptions of what obscenity and profanity are. But um, also the civil litigation piece, it just feels like are people if these all pass, are people just going to be suing each other constantly? Uh, I mean, it's possible. That's certainly what Democrats say and and opponents who are um, Republicans as well, because as you kind of mentioned, that first version of the library porn bill got shot down by the House Education Committee uh, in a nine to eight vote. So it was very close um, with several Republicans joining Democrats and opposing it. Uh, so that could potentially, uh, you know, result in more civil litigation. I know that our court system has been backed up and been trying to catch up ever since COVID. Um, so potentially adding a more civil litigation here uh, across the state could just even Uh, add to that dog pile. Yeah, just seems like a a mess, honestly. Well, before the session started, lots of talk about the Senate becoming more conservative, interested in culture wars issues this session. It seems like we've been really focused on that stuff. But from the bills we've talked about, kind of sounds like things have mostly stayed where the House passes a more socially conservative bill, then the Senate holds it up or knocks it down. Is that a fair assessment so far? I would say for the most part, um, the Senate There were certainly bills that actually made it to the Senate floor that probably would not have in the past. Uh, I'm thinking specifically of the um, education savings account bill uh, that died in the Senate. There's going to be another effort to have a more limited sort of ESA voucher type program that might actually make it through, especially because it has support from Senate pro tem Chuck Winder. But, uh, yeah, largely been limited there. And that's because of who is in charge of the individual committees, because in the Idaho legislature, committee chairmen have, I don't want to say insane, but like a significant amount of power uh, to either hold bills, whether or not to introduce them, things like that. Uh, So those are individual decisions that are made when the pro tem and the uh, majority leader appoint those chairmen. It still remains to be seen whether or not several, like we mentioned earlier, the drag show bill, the trans health care bill, whether those actually get hearings. Um, 
I kind of think that, you know, we'll probably have the drag show hearing for sure. Um, but I don't know about the trans healthcare one. Uh, if that one does get a hearing, um, seems like it would go to the floor. I don't know what it, what would happen to it if it got to the floor, but you just have these incremental shifts that are, that are going on. Um, even though they, the far right won several seats in the state Senate. Um, so I don't know if they're just kind of like, they're certainly not holding back, but I wonder next year if we'll see even more um, progress made uh, by that faction. Well, for real, what's your guess about when lawmakers will pack up and go home? Because uh, is this going to drag into April? When can we catch our breath? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> don't ask me that question. Uh, again, if you ask me in a week, I'll have a different answer, but I hope not. Um Simply for for uh, everyone who's there every day, uh, you know, we all feel the same sort of drag at the end of it. Uh, so at some point, even lawmakers get kind of broken down and I don't want to say beaten into submission, but uh, they're just like, OK, all the issues that I felt strongly about before, I still feel strongly about them, but not enough to stay for another three weeks. So, you know, after two years ago when we had the longest session in history, um, I don't like to make predictions. Well, we've been talking a lot about the lawmakers, but you mentioned, you know, Governor Little, of course, will get a chance to weigh in on all of these proposals and he could stop them from actually becoming law. Do you have any sense what the likelihood he vetoes anything this year? Not really, because uh, he can be kind of a wild card. And we asked him, um, the Idaho Press Club holds uh, like a annual press conference toward the end of session with him. Um, and he was asked whether or not we're going to see more vetoes or if, uh, you know, if people have been paying attention the last couple of years, he likes to sign these transmittal letters where it's like, I really don't like 90% of this bill. I think it's unconstitutional. I think we're going to run into some problems, but I'm signing it anyway. Uh, you know, and he was asked, like, are we going to see more of those? And he's like, yeah. Probably. So oh, okay. <laughs> uh, that's that's what we can expect. OK. All right. Well, you've been working long hours uh, and you've been covering this whole session. What are you going to do when it ends? Are you going on vacation? What are you doing? Yes. Uh, going on vacation to Europe uh, oh, in May. Nice. So that'll be that'll be nice. Oh, yeah. You're going over there to cover some of their legislative. Uh... <laughs> yes. Yes, definitely. Uh, Monstrosities. <laughs> uh -huh. No, I, I am going to ignore all news as much as possible uh, during that time. And it's going to be wonderful. I love that for you. Well, Jimmy, thank you so much for catching us up. It's been a full session and I can't wait for all of us to have some rest and for you to get the heck out of here. Yes. Thank you, Emma. One more thing before we sign off. After today, we should be getting some sunny skies and things should dry out for a bit. But just because it's sunny and 50 degrees doesn't mean a foothills hike is a good idea. Before you hit the trails to enjoy some spring weather, here's a Boise pro tip. Check the Ridge to Rivers website for the latest trail conditions. Their Facebook page has daily updates with photos of trails, so you'll know which ones are too wet to use. Muddy trails are a huge problem and a big no-go. If you come across one, please turn around. Remember, the Greenbelt is a great option for this time of year. That's all for today here on CityCast Boise. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend? Leave us a review and subscribe to our Hey Boise newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more local stories from around the city. Bye. Bye.